Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Scott Reynolds from PewterReport.com is here as well, and we are here to preview the Bucks against the Bills, a matchup that I think every Bucks fan and probably every Bills fan has had circled on their sports calendar since the beginning, since the schedules were first announced and they knew when this game was happening. This one has been written down. A lot of people dubbed it as the Super Bowl preview uh, for this upcoming year, Scott, and and maybe it still will be that. There's certainly good odds for both of these teams to reach the Super Bowl still, despite the fact the Bills have struggled a bit lately and the the Bucs have lost to two teams uh, that most people would not have expected them to lose to Mm -hmm. this year. I think both of these teams still lead a lot of odds makers in terms of the Super Bowls. I know the Patriots have joined that mix as well, but the Bills are – in the box, this is a matchup to be everything that people try, you know, that say, oh, this is my favorite game of the season. This kind of has everything on paper to point toward that. Yes, uh, I would agree with, with, uh, with, I don't know if I should call you Uncle Mike, because I have a Mike Reynolds, who's my uncle. Um, I don't know if we're, if, I, don't, I don't think, yeah, maybe we're cousins. Maybe Mike's my cousin, long lost brother. I don't know, but I agree with Mike. I think the Super Bowl preview, if the Bucks are going to make the Super Bowl, is going to be against the Patriots, but this is going to be a playoff like atmosphere for sure. I really think that, that um, when you look and I think this is part of the reason why Tom Brady said that this next game is the most important one, because when you look at the landscape, John, this team just, you know, vanquished the, the Falcons. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. I seriously doubt it. The Panthers, I think, are going to get swept by Tampa Bay. The Saints are going nowhere fast. I expect that to be a win. The Jets are the Jets, right? Sorry, Matt Matera, but that's the truth. So this is like the lone remaining playoff caliber team left on on Tampa Bay's schedule, really the last measuring stick game. Not to say that the Buccaneers can't shoot themselves in the foot and lose any of these games coming up because on on any given Sunday. But this game – has playoff implications for both teams. The Bucks with their playoff seeding, same with the Bills. As Bruce Arian said, this is going to be a playoff caliber atmosphere at Ray J on Sunday, and uh, I, I I like the Bucks' chances, but this this is going to be a big big game. Yeah, there's so much to get into with this game. There is kind of this recent narrative around the Bills, and then there's their season-long big-picture narrative, and I can't wait to dive into this and kind of separate the two a little bit. At least in my mind, I feel like they're there's some real misconceptions existing about the bills right now. So want to address those for sure and talk about them. So Andre, appreciate that John and Scott on our Wednesday evenings becoming, became a classic. Can't miss it. Glad to hear that Andre. We're going to dive deep into this matchup, but first Scott, well brought to you by our friends over at Celsius Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And I'm rocking the sparkling Wildberry today. Give it a shout in the chat. If you are whatever Celsius you're drinking, you got the Fuji apple pear there, Scott. I think I know. I've yep. seen a bunch of different flavors pop up in the chat recently, but Scott, the most amazing thing about Celsius, no sugar gives you all the essential energy you need, right. no sugar like in other energy drinks, and no crash either from this from Celsius energy drinks gives you the energy that you need to kind of sustain you throughout the day, but you don't get a lot of the bad stuff you get with other energy drinks, and you still get great flavor and taste. No doubt about it. And um, I, I love the days when I don't forget to drink my celsius i hate the days when i do and and it's all about timing john because listen um with celsius it's no joke right this this is a product that will work it will give you the energy without that crash but for me and everyone's different but for me if i don't take by 3 p.m if 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 i start to do it right now 
it's going to be a long night. I better be working late into the night. It better be a game day. Sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll use some strategy and I'll wait until about three o'clock if it's going to be a, a 425 or certainly a, a nighttime kickoff to give me that energy I need. Otherwise, I'm going to go to sleep because it works so well. Yeah, it's great stuff. And I would be remiss too if I didn't mention the fast protein bars as well. You can click a link in the YouTube description and check out Celsius's fast protein bars. The best tasting protein bars I have ever had. There's two no doubt about white it. chocolate cookies and cream, caramel peanut crunch. They're both outstanding. We've just got a couple boxes in. And so we're living it up and enjoying them again. But these are terrific protein bars. They're terrific for you. Uh, there's hardly any sugar in them, and uh, they're they're tons of pro- twenty grams of protein in them. So if you're looking for a great protein bar, they have. I've I've dropped some lbs here, Scott. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I've yep. your, your boy over here is cutting some weight. I've dropped <laughs> lost about seven or eight pounds over the last. Good month, for so. you. Yeah. So these have helped for sure. Thanks for giving it to me, John. Appreciate it. (laughs) Hey, Celsius, fast protein bars. There you go. That's your, that's your, it's your answer. All right. Let's get into this matchup a little bit, Scott, because this is, let's just talk about the Bills defense in the Bucks offense as those two sides square off because there is like this whole mis, there was this whole perception. I won't even say misperception yet that the Bills like are this atrocious run defense. And it's coming off of recency bias, right? Because recently what happened? They played the Patriots and they played the Colts and they got destroyed in both of those games on the ground, right? It was primarily a ground focused effort and it wrecked them. And that has created a ton of concern for people, especially Bills fans watching this Bills defense. Yeah, it has. And and listen, um, the thing is, is with with Tampa Bay, um, I I always like when teams play to their strengths, and I I know this this might be a thing. And I saw somebody in the chat saying Leonard Fournette thirty carries. I don't I don't think you do that. I think that that uh, you come out and and try to be balanced to a degree, but I think that you try to to throw the ball on first down and run the ball on second down. And what I mean by that is is if you look at at the Bills, they've been a little shell shocked by the ground game. Right, yeah. they've they've given up a lot of that. So sometimes you can kind of outthink yourself a little bit, and and they might sit there and think, well, gosh, we know that the Bucks are going to come out and try to probe our run defense, right? Well, mm-hmm. uh, if that's what the Bills are thinking, then you come out and do the opposite, right? Come out yeah. and throw the ball on first down, run it on second, and then the next series use play action. I think if the Bucks can get to play action in this game, because listen, the Saints have got some really good. Um, the Saints. The uh, the Bills have got some really good safeties, right? Mm-hmm. You're oh, looking yeah. at 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 Hyde and Poyer. Those two guys uh, are fantastic, but I think they're a bit triggered, right? I I think that if you can use play action, those safeties come up, and that's where you can have some opportunities to take some shots in the intermediate and deep passing game, um, because they've been so wired to come up and support the run. And and listen, these guys are really good when it comes to fitting the pass, but. Mm-hmm. The secondary without Trey White is is uh, it's not as strong. Um, again, these guys Poyer and Hyde have got a combined eight interceptions between them. Five for mm-hmm. Poyer, three for Hyde. Uh, Hyde's got a, a a pick six. They've got fifteen pass breakups between them. So these these are are players that that you kind of need to contend with in the passing game. So why not help yourself and use play action in this game? And and sprinkle in some run, but I I don't think this has to be John, and I agree with you totally. I, I don't think this has to be a game where where Leonard Fournette needs twenty five carries. I I think this is going to be a shootout to begin with. So why not throw the ball, play to your strengths, 
but use play action to manipulate those safeties and help out your receivers. Yeah, it's such an interesting matchup because people are going to think back over two of the last three games, the Colts and Patriots game, and they might think back even to the Titans game when the Titans had Derrick Henry. Henry ran for, I think, 143 on him. They averaged like over seven yards a carry on the Bills. And all that's true in those three games. Yet despite all that, against three teams that absolutely know how to run the football, have been consistently productive in that area year after year, have been great at removing the ball on the ground, have a diverse and accomplished run scheme, all those kind of things, have even built their offenses, let's say, since Brady, at least for New England, have built their offenses on being able to run the football. That is what they do. Even when Brady was there, the Patriots yeah. always had one of those versatile, diverse run schemes in the league. It, it was just it was the kind yeah. of the cherry on top for that offense at that point in time. Now it's their bread and butter a little bit. And so you were talking about three teams that that is what they do. That's their identity. Right. And in those games, yes, the Bills have had a hard time stopping the run. But if you look at the Bills' entire season, they have not had a hard time stopping the run in general. That's not right. been like the, right right now. If you look at their run defense, it's ranked twelfth in the NFL after giving up two hundred plus yards on the ground in those two games. Right. So there is like a very huge variance here into with the bills. Yeah. Like they have had those three games where they've struggled. And again, against teams who that was their identity, but against most teams, they have not, they've done very against well. Most against teams, the they're top five against the run. Yeah. Really yards per it, attempt yeah. against the bills. They're fourth in the NFL. They're only giving right. up four yards per attempt. They're actually giving up less yards per attempt than the box. <laughs> right. So that is going to shock people. I think to hear it, but that yeah. we are kind of living in the little bit of the recency bias. And I yeah. just think, if this was, I'm trying to think of a horrible run defense that the, the Bucks have put. If this was one of the worst run defenses of all time, or something like that, then I think it would be it would behoove the Bucks to focus on that in their sure. game planning. I just don't think that's what this defense is. I think they were a little bit surprised about New England's approach being yeah. what it was. I also think New England showed things that they had not showed all season long. And right. so, from a preparation standpoint, when you talk about how to fit the run, they yeah. weren't ready for that. And maybe that's on their coaches. They're going to be ready for stuff that the Bucks are throwing. Bucks run scheme right. is starting to diversify and grow, yeah. but this thing is still in its infancy, Scott. This is not a grounded power. <laughs> it's not what the Bucks teams. do best. Yeah, they throw the ball not. best, right? And and that was on display in Atlanta. And and John, the thing is, is is listen, and I've said this, you know, and you may disagree with it a little bit, but listen, the Bucks run defense is the best in the league. It's fantastic, but the running game. By itself, like if if a team can can establish a, a running game, and by that what I mean is convert first downs. Like on third and two, run the ball and get another first down. The run game, if you stick with it and if you have success with it, can be an attrition based weapon because because teams will wear down. I don't even the Buccaneers. If there's a if there's a team and, and the Falcons had a shot in the third quarter before the Bucks opened it up. If there's a team that can stick with the Buccaneers on the scoreboard and they can legitimately run the ball for all four quarters, you will see the Buccaneer run game wear down because that's just human beings, right? Mm -hmm. the, the running game is physical. The problem is, is where the Buccaneer run defense is helped out is on the opposite side of the ball. It's Brady, Godwin, Gronk, Evans putting 30 on the scoreboard, getting a double-digit lead in the second half that forces teams to abandon the run. We saw that in Atlanta. Right, they had 100 yards rushing in halftime, only 20 yards rushing in the second half because the Bucks started to pull away in the second half, and they just did. They ran out of time to run the ball. So, right, uh, I'm with you on that, John. I I think the Bills' run defense is a lot better than they've shown over these last two games, for sure. And right. the weather weather conditions in Buffalo, 
50 mile per hour winds. I mean, that right. was an invitation for the, the, the Patriots to just jackhammer the, yeah. the, uh, the bills in the ground game. And yet it was still funny. I know. And I appreciate the $5 super chat here, Giovanni. Uh, Thank you guys for all your hard work. Brady is the bills boogeyman 32 and three versus them. If AB is back, do you see this team as super bowl favorites? You know, I'd like to see, let's just see, you know, let's see what it looks like when he's back. Uh, You know, it's, I, I I think it's going to be hard for me to say this team's favorites if they can't win this game like this, you know, for example, it just, it'll be a long time since you played to that level of competition. And um, even if you think about some of the more challenging recent games, like that Colts game, uh, there were good things. There was also five turnovers that occurred. Did you win that game without five turnovers? Can you count on five turnovers most weeks? I don't know that you can, I need to see this defense, especially it's against the first competent offense they've played in a while. You can talk about the defenses the Bucs have faced. They faced some decent defenses this season, but I mean, what scares you uh, week four, Mac Jones of the Patriots offense, they they weren't doing that much. They weren't doing even as much as they're doing now. And I still think they're mostly sustained by the defense. I mean, the Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, the Bears with Justin Fields at that point, the the Saints, even though their offense moved it with Trevor Simeon, the Washington with Taylor Heineke moved it. Those are not great. Those are not good offenses at all. And they moved it. You know, the Giants offense struggling. The Colts put up 31. You know, that's an offense that Mm -hmm. didn't work. The Falcons offense obviously has not been good and they're missing. They hardly have any weapons. They have as little talent as like most offenses in the league. And so, yeah, they just have not faced that many good offenses. Defenses, I think they've been challenged by a lot of defenses that they face. They face some good defenses, but offenses that haven't. And I still think they've been leaky and scary. And so that part of the ball scares me. So we'll get to their offense, the Bills offense in a second. Yep. But good question. I don't know. What do you think? If they do you see them as Super Bowl favorites if A B comes back? Or, you know, do you do you still think do you think this game this game is funny because it doesn't really – they're going to win the NFC South whether they win or lose this right. game. They're going to make the playoffs. They all even might be the three seed whether they win or lose. That might yeah. – nothing might change in that front. They might end up being the three seed no matter what. I think but Antonio, it still feels like a big game. Yeah, if Antonio Brown comes back to the Buccaneers this year, I think they can win without him, but I, I just think it bolsters Tampa Bay's yeah. chances of at least getting to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl can be a funny thing, John. It just can, right? I mean, we've yeah. seen Tom Brady lose to Nick Foles to um, Eli Manning twice. We've seen the fluky, you know, helmet catch. I mean, it's yep. one game, right? right. I mean, yep. it, it, it is one game. That's what, that, that's what makes the Super Bowl way better. And I love playoff hockey, but mm-hmm. you, you got up to, to seven games, right? You got up to seven games in the NBA, you, in World Series, et cetera. You better show up on Super Bowl Sunday because if you yep. don't, you're going to lose. And that's what happened in Kansas City last year. The Bucks were the better team that day. If you play against the Chiefs 10 times, I still think the Buccaneers win, but they're not going to win all 10 of them. You know, yep. that's not going to happen. So right. they, they might win seven to three, you know, eight mm-hmm. to two, six to four. I don't know. They, I think they win the Super Bowl because they had the right game plan. But is yeah. Travis Kelsey going to have stone hands? Is Tyree Kill going to have stone hands that game? Yeah. I mean, a lot of drop yeah. passes. So you could run that Super Bowl through the simulation machine. You could times, and are you going to get yes. thirty-one to nine very often? No, <laughs> you're not going to get that. But, yes. You know, but it it happened yeah. that way that game. It doesn't mean they don't deserve credit, yeah. but it just you know, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Just getting back to this matchup though, the Bucks. I want to be clear though, even though I don't think this is a game where the Bucs can be like, oh, the Patriots just pounded down, the Colts pounded them, let's right. do that too, and we'll win. I don't think that's going to happen, nor do I think it should happen. But I don't think they shouldn't run the ball at all either. Like, I Correct. think you can have success running the football in this game. I think the Patriots showed, especially, you can have success making, even though they're athletic yeah. linebackers, making them just move. Don't do it predictably. Right? 
right? Because because the thing is, is in the second half, you saw this. The Patriots had to hang on for that win because in the second half, once once the the Bills had made their adjustments, you saw those predictable first down runs turn into second and thirteen, right? You had right. safeties and linebackers just run blitzing the hell out of them. So that's why I'm saying, come out and establish the run on second down, right? Mm-hmm. Like throw the ball on first down, be unpredictable. Yeah. Um, if it's third and less than three, run the ball, right? I mean, do some things that are a little out of character for for Byron Leftwich. And I think if they do that, they can still establish a running game, but do it in an unpredictable fashion where it's going to complement the passing game. I think the worst thing the Bucks could do is be to look at the Colts and look at the Patriots and say, you know, let's let's yes. try and do some of that. Like bingo. They, they are they're the first, they're the number one ranked offense in the NFL. The right. Patriots put up 14 points. People yes. can go all they want about the Patriots. They ran the ball right. like this. They put up 14 points. Yeah. How many football games do you win putting up 14 points? Not many. Not many. So the, Unless the it's 50 to, mile per hour wins, which yeah, it was. <laughs> like, right. It for the Bucks to do anything other than what they do this season would be foolish to me. Now that doesn't mean you don't tweak for opponents, you know, that, that are coming into play right. here. Like, and we'll talk about this Bills defense because one of the hardest things to do against this Bills defense. Well, pretty much anything is hard to do against this Bills defense. Yeah. And that's where I think the biggest misperception is out there. Like people watch them lose, miss a lot of tackles and get yeah. run over a lot for on their way to the Patriots scoring 14 points. Yeah. <laughs> I just right. want to be clear about that. Like it was a couple impressive plays, but they scored 14 points. Um, and that's the main job of a defense, keep the team out of the end zone. So right. They did that really well, and they've honestly done that really well all season long, Scott. Just to give people an idea, we are at going into week 14. These are the Bills' defensive rankings, and people can do the, oh, they haven't really played anybody that much. Well, they've played some good teams, and these are their defensive rankings. 16.3 points per game is what they've allowed this season. That's second best in the NFL to the Patriots. They are first in yards allowed per game, under 275 yards. They are first in passing yards allowed per game. This number was low before the Mac Jones threw three passes game, mm-hmm. but they're they're giving up 165 passing yards per game right now. Yeah. That was still low. They were first going into that game. Right. Obviously, a game like that helps the numbers, but I just want to point out to people that was, they were still first. Passing yards per yeah. attempt. So this is just per attempt. How many passing yards does the opposition gain? Well, for the Bills, against the Bills, it's 5.7. That's the best mark in the NFL. So even when you throw against the Bills, you right. are not getting many yards. And I already mentioned it with the run. When you run against the Bills, you're getting four yards per carry. That's fourth best in the NFL. There's only three teams better. Yeah. That per- so even their weakness is a top five thing in the NFL like right now. You're exactly right. Third, in the, in, third down in the, defense, red zone defense, it's it's all been great for the Bills. Yeah. The interesting thing about the Bills and the Bucks defense is they're, they're mirror opposites, right? Because the Bills play great team defense in great coverage. They will get you off the field on third down with an incomplete pass because they're, they're, they have, they've right. got great coverage, whether it's zone, man, whatever. They, they beat you with coverage. They don't beat you with the pass rush, right? Mario Addison leads the Bills with four sacks. Mm-hmm. Greg Russo, good first-round draft pick. So far, so good. You know, I, I like Joe Tryon showing it better. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is if there's an Achilles heel – for Buffalo's defense, it's the lack of sacks. They've got 21 sacks in this year. The Bucks, we've kind of thought to have not exactly let the let the world on fire, but they have 32. They've got 11 more sacks. So I, I think that that the Bills win with their coverage, um, yep. and 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 not with the splash plays. Where the Bucks, and you saw certainly against 
the the likes of the Washington football team, John, if if this team does not get sacks, if they do not get interceptions, takeaways on defense, then really the Bucks' defense is kind of average because if you ask them to win with coverage, they're not going to do that. They're going to give up a 17-yard a yard catch on third and 15. They're going to give up a 16-yard scramble on third and 15. They're not getting it off the field unless they have that third down sack uh, that forces a punt or, or a takeaway. Yeah, I mean, the Bills' defense is – I completely agree with you, by the way. Pass rush, the Bills are getting pressure, but they're not getting a lot of sacks this season. Right. It's a product of how long they make quarterbacks hold the ball because exactly. the coverage is so good, and they don't yeah. blitz very often, so there's more variables to account for in coverage. And the Bucks have frankly struggled against some teams that are structured like the Bills are structured, that rotate safeties and that can bring a big slot down to match up with Gronkowski, especially how they're using him now, like they do with Micah Hyde. Jordan yeah. Boyer is one of the best free safeties in the game. Um, they have no real star at outside corners with Tredavious White hurt. Um, so that right. might be where you, you find a way to test this team. Um, but they are extremely well coached. They're extremely fundamentally sound. And on crucial downs, they play their best football. And that's why right. I think maybe differentiates them from this year's version of the Bucks defense, at least, is that the Bills right now are third and third down defense. And they are first or sorry, seventh in red zone defense and second in scoring drives allowed. The percentage right. of, of times their opponents have driven down the field and scored against them. They have the second lowest mark yep. in the league in that regard. Yet, Scott, they are also tied for second in takeaways. So you mentioned the splash plays. They don't come in terms of sacks maybe for the Bills, like I said. But interceptions, though, the different sacks. story. But yeah, but turnovers, yeah. and some yep. of that's a product of the pressure that they do eventually create. 16 interceptions so far this year. It's hard to beat them because you can – turn it over against them. They're not like relying on turnovers like the right. the, Buc the Bucks are, for example. The Bucks are fourth in takeaways this season. But the other areas I mentioned in third down defense, yep. 24th. Red zone defense, 12th. Scoring drive percentages allowed to opponents, 13th. So they're like average to below average in those areas where the Bills are elite in those areas and elite at taking the ball away. It just creates a lot. It's hard to do anything against the Bills down the field, especially. They don't right. allow hardly anything down the field. Yeah even in the intermediate portions of the field, because both their linebackers cover so much ground. Right. Tremaine Edmonds is the bigger name player, but Matt yeah. Milano is probably as good in coverage as any linebacker in the league, to be honest. Exactly. He's just a leader. It's really area. good team defense with the Bills yeah. play. They, they, right. they lack the star power that some teams have, but but just as, as a unit, they play exceptionally well in pass coverage, and that's going to make it a little tricky. Appreciate the super chat from, from Jordan here. What's the key in the passing game this week? against the top-ranked pass defense that has the pieces, safeties, to match up with Gronk and Bracket Godwin. Do you see shots to Scotty? How can we isolate Evans, John? What do you think? Well, this is a really multi-layered question. You're right about the matchup with Gronk. That could be an interesting part of this if the Bucks use him in the slot. If they don't, I mean, just having a guy like Matt Milano that carries can carry vertically and having a guy like Micah Hyde who can play deep or step into the slot, it yeah. helps – the bills a lot they helps them match up on multiple levels i mean you could see hide in the slot in this game on chris godwin a lot of the time um the bills have the unique ability to match up with chris godwin i think differently than a lot of other teams do remember micah hyde was a slot corner in green bay you know he's, yeah. he's kind of become a more versatile even a more versatile player in buffalo than he was before but he can wear a lot of hats i think he's just one of the probably most unsung 
great defensive players in the game today. And so right. there's a lot that he can provide for your defense, yet they can also go smaller and play with more defensive backs in the field and ask Teron Johnson, who's very physical, nickel corner, good run stopper, um, good in coverage in general, just ball skills. He's his full package as a nickel corner. They can ask him to match up with Chris Godwin as well. So unique ability to match up with Chris Godwin and unique ability to match up with Rob Gronkowski with the personnel that they have. I think that's why they're so dangerous in the passing game. The key is going to be finding a way to attack their corners on the outside. I think the Bills are so good in the middle of the field. You really are. Trying to find a way to, okay, Levi Wallace and and Dane Jackson, who's barely played from Pitt. These are your outside corners. Neither of these guys can run. So, yeah, that's where I think we get to Scotty Miller. We get to some to of Mike those Evans guys. Down the yeah, shot, to right. Mike Evans, obviously, yeah. too. And it, it's really going to be interesting, right? Because I, I said, John, you know, you should play to your strengths, but really the strength of this, this Buccaneer passing attack is uh, in between the hashes, right? That's where Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski feast. But you're playing a little bit with fire there because that's where Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier roam, you know? Right. I, I think it's going to be very important to run the football in this game, yeah. but to run it efficiently, not to run it a lot. That's going to be the key. Can you get something out of the opportunities that you have? Because if you become predictable against the Bills, I mean, the third down defense speaks for itself. The red zone yes. defense speaks for itself. If you don't win first down against the Bills, you're probably going to lose the game. Like that's just, yeah. it really does boil down to that. If you can't find a way to win first down, and even you know second downs, if you're in second of manageables, your percentages yeah. of winning obviously go up. I think that's just going to be critical to this game, Scott. Yeah, I agree, and and I think too that that um, you know we've seen in a couple games, right? The Bucks struggle with separation, right? That that Washington game was a prime example, and that's that's where you miss AB that because he's the one guy with the with the ability to break off those routes, and especially like on maybe some busted or broken plays scramble drills, if you will, where, where he can create on his own, right? It didn't have to be within structure. And, and so that's going to be critical for, for the bucks is, and I think for Brady too, too. Um, and we saw a little bit of this in Atlanta and, and our own Paul, Atwell did a fantastic job folks. If you haven't seen the all 22 film uh, breakdown of how the bucks use the fade routes to beat the Falcons, um, Different type of coverages that they're going to see this week against the Bills, but still in those instances, it's mano a mano. It's it's Tom Brady trusting Chris Godwin to elevate and go make a, a fade catch. Same with Gronk in the end zone for that touchdown, but also using Mike Evans, six foot five. It might be a time for for Tom Brady to on some of those intermediate shots, throw some of those fades, those jump balls, and let Mike come down with them as well. You're right. He needs to be willing to take shots outside. He was last game for sure. That was a yeah. great sign uh, that they were getting that part of the offense going a little bit again. This needs to be a part of their game in this one, I think. Yeah, and I, that I might sound crazy, and it really does depend on how the Bills play them, but this is what's trickier about this matchup. for the, And people I know in the chat, I haven't even looked, but I know that in the chat they're saying, okay, we'll stop talking about how great the Bills defense is. We have the number one offense in the league. Like, how can we win this game? Like, how, you know, in the matchups, like, stop talking about like we have no chance. We just want to always set the table for the other team so that the expectations are clear. Right. When it's a bad team and we don't think there's any way they can beat the Bucks, we come out and say that straight up on these previous yeah. shows. We don't, I don't feel that way for sure about the Bills. So I'm just laying it out there for you straight. Here's the reality though. The Bills with Tredavious White, played a lot of man coverage yeah they have worked have in the past been more of a zone team they have kind of transformed over time and become more of a man coverage team Hyde allows them to do some things like that they match up their matchup principles from zone are good that milano allows them to do some things like that some of the non-cornerback pieces 
the reality is still that cornerbacks matter when you're playing man coverage. That's right. I have no idea because the Patriots threw three times in Trey White's first game out. I don't know what the Bills are going to do in terms of coverage. I don't know what changes because Trey White is their piece. Like he falls yeah. number ones. There's just you you name it. Trey White brings it to the table. Yeah, for them. it's so it's it's him, it's just like the Bucks losing Carlton Davis. Yes, except you know, I would say Trey White's probably even a better player. He's a sticker, is a stickier man yeah, coverage he's corner. Better yeah. for longer than Carlton, at least. Yeah. I'll, I won't take Carlton out of that conversation right, right now. But but Trey White has been that established piece for them. So now when you lose that, what do you do defensively? I mean, they were one of the higher teams in the league, I believe, in cover one percentage. They were well above league average, and yep. they're way below league average um, in cover three defense this season. Right. So how they've prevented vertical plays at the degree that they have is going to is winning first down and then going to a ton of cover four. And then they yep. don't let anybody behind them. So I say all that to say the Bucs can win this game if they take shots on first down. I know people don't always like that win first down. I agree. In situation. Uh, their Bucks aren't going to score on every drive in this game. Right. People just got to get it through their heads right now. It's not going to yep. happen. This is not, this is probably I'm, I'm not all in favor of taking vertical shots on first down and get those safeties, you know, not geared up towards the line of scrimmage, right? Uh, because they're going to be anticipating run, and I, th- I think the Bucks should do the exact opposite. And I th- also think so, some play action passes, taking shots down the field, especially on the outside on one on one, that can work for the Buccaneers. We're about ready to talk um, the other side of the ball, abundance magnet. What with the secondary being healthier, who do you see Bowles putting on digs? Let Davis travel with them. Um, we're we're going to answer that question in one second. We appreciate that. Abundance Magnet. Let's get this other super chat in here too. Caleb Jurgens. Bills have only beat two starting quarterbacks, five backups. Bills are a great defense, but also a product of facing some awful offenses and quarterbacks. What do you say yeah. to that, John? Yeah, no question about it. I would also say that it's hard to look around the league and find many teams that are consistently good on offense. You know, for example, they've played Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Are the Chiefs a good offense or not? It depends what week you look. I have no clue. Like <laughs> right. they weren't against the Bills. They weren't yeah. last week against the Broncos. They have been other weeks, you know. So, and it's the same thing with a lot of teams they face. They face the Titans, you know. Yeah. They face the Patriots. Were the Patriots a great offense? Scoring 14 points? I, right. I don't know. Like that's the kind of stuff you get into when you're saying, oh, they haven't faced any good offenses. I mean, I think that there's some truth to that. Here's what I do know. If you get to week 14 and you're at the top of the NFL in basically every single defensive category, right? you're probably a good defense. And so yeah. it's probably going to be the big – I don't think it makes this hyperbole to say it's the biggest challenge of the year for the Bucs offense, you know, up there with that probably that Patriots game in week four uh, in terms of defenses that they've matched up with. Um, they can win it, though. What did, They could have won that Patriots game. They That's took right. some shots and missed opportunities were kind of the story of the game, right? They took a shot at the end of the game. A.B. drops a touchdown. They yep. hit A.B. on a big play down the field. Patriots wanted to play man coverage. The problem was they didn't have all the guys to match up in man coverage, right. and that could be something that is a factor in this game as well. If the Bucs can be aggressive on first down when the Bills are wanting to man up and everything, then you could find some of those matchups down right. the field. They hit A.B. on a deep ball, but Smith got called for holding, and so it ended up coming back. You know, they had – Tyler Johnson down the field. Johnson messed up his route. It would have probably been a touchdown the way the Patriots yeah. aligned the coverage. So they had lots of opportunities. They didn't cash in on them. They're going to have to cash in on those in this game. And I John, and it sounds crazy because the Bills don't give up any big plays either. We've mentioned say, all the things that they're good at, Scott, but the Bills are first in the amount of 20 plus yard pass plays they've surrendered this season. And they're tied for second in 40 plus yard pass plays. They're just not a lot of weaknesses. So did you say cash in? Because cash in, if I'm going to cash in, I'm going to do it at my bookie. I'll tell you that right now. And it's not even just cash, John. It's cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency might be the future. So don't get left in the past. Bed with my bookie. 
and you can get in the game now. To get kickstarted with crypto or even with cash, John, use the promo code Pewter to double your first crypto deposit or cash deposit at MyBookie. The best part is MyBookie accepts well-known cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, uh, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Uh, so did I pronounce that right? I'm trying to get this word right. Um, I even got an email on it uh, uh, this week. So apologies I if I didn't get are. that right. So you can bet and withdraw with crypto. The NFL playoffs are around the corner, and this week the Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face off in a potential Super Bowl preview. Both teams said one win away from earning the top spot in their respective conference. But in this high-stakes game, bet the Bucks money line. I think I'm going to do that. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using the promo code PEWTER. Head to MyBookie today, place your bets, and watch the sparks fly this weekend with UFC 269. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And, John, the great thing about MyBookie is you don't have to, to wait, right? It's like you don't have to, to you know wait till next year and I'm missing anything. You can jump in on the action right now. You can become a MyBookie customer right now and play for the rest of the season, the playoffs, college bowl games, NBA, NHL, MLB in the spring. My book is fun. Right. Agreed. Before we flip to the other side of the ball, just real quickly, want to answer some question. Mitch says, John, give Lenny some love. Yeah, Lenny, you know, this is his newfound receiving ability is going to be huge in this game. You know, I think I mentioned it with the Bills, the way that they defend so much cover four, so much cover six, especially as soon as they can win first down. They just like, we're going to prevent the big play. You want anything at a chunk, we're going to, you know, try and take it from you. So, I think Lenny's going to be huge in this game. Again, um, I know some people want it to be Evans and Godwin every week like it was this past week. But we'll see what happens. I mean, again, I think the Bucks being aggressive on first down is going to matter some. But, yeah, I, I think Lenny's going to have to have an impact this game. Right now the Bills, you know, the average depth of target against the Bills is 6.7 yards past the line of scrimmage. That's tied second in the NFL, second shallowest average depth of target in the NFL, meaning they're forcing the ball underneath a lot with the way that they line defensively. Now, the Bills are the one bad thing against bottom defensively, other than the sacks. Ready? Missed tackles. They miss a lot of tackles, and they missed a lot against New England as well. They That's just that's who they are. They're smaller. Yeah. They're smaller linebackers. They're smaller DBs, and they're smaller up front even. Harrison Phillips, um, you know, um, Ed Oliver, those are not the biggest defensive tackles in the league. So they just right. they have some smaller personnel. They're very fast. They're very athletic. They cover a ton of ground in space. But when you get a situation like Lenny one-on-one against some of these guys, he can break some tackles. He's going to have right. to do that in this game. That's going to be critical. I also would love to see Giovanni Bernard in this game mixed in a little bit more because I think his skill set can be really useful. Um, right. So I think those things are assets to the Bucks in this game where it would obviously probably goes without saying after hearing me talk. But having Antonio Brown in this game would be huge, um, especially for the post-catch stuff and the ability right. to get down the field. The question then becomes, Scott, what happens at wide receiver three? And we'll, this will probably be the last thing as we move on from the offensive side for, yeah. for the Bucs. But that's a big question mark, isn't it? I mean, that wide receiver three and what he can create, especially if this is a defense that can match up with Gronk a little bit better, Right. what wide receiver three can create could be really big for this. For this, I'd love offense. to see it be Scotty Miller. But, uh, and John, you you campaigned for Scotty today in your, your Bucks briefing, which I applaud. For some reason, uh, Brashad Perryman has, I mean, Bruce Allen's just punch drunk on this guy, right? Did I you, mean, did you see, is. did you see what I tweeted today? What's that? that? I, I tweeted this today that yeah. AB has never played as many snaps in a Bucks game yeah. as Brashad Perryman played on Sunday. That, that was crazy. That is crazy, Scott. That was crazy, yeah. 
Be, for two reasons. One, because they really just said, here, Pyramid, take the whole roll. In a game that wasn't right. a blowout either. Like, this game was close most right. of the way. And yeah. they just said, here, take the whole thing, buddy. And <laughs> AB also on the flip side. Well, he was so productive too. What did, what did Perriman have? He had like 75 yards receiving? Or right, yeah, yeah. 80? One catch, five yards. One oh, drop. five yards. That's right. Yeah, five. Two drops, three catches so far as a buck. Yeah. Now, Perryman might dunk on all of us this week because he will have probably a favorable, mat, very favorable matchup, especially yeah. with the Bills kind of you know going to the well here at, at corner. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how they use him, obviously. But I, I keep coming back to Scotty Miller, man. Like I know. In games where Evans and Godwin have been taken away last year, he changed games. Yes. Like he changed games with one or two plays. I, I just don't know how you look at him and say we don't we might not need that this week. I think they need that this week. I I, I think I'm, it's I'm important that he plays. I, I, I agree. Um, you know, we appreciate the super chats to keep rolling in. William Butler, majority of good teams in the league have had a horrible game, but six points against the Jags is where I truly scratched my head. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because weather kind of dictated the Bills limiting the Bills to 10 points on Monday night. So throw that game out to a degree. But yeah, six points against the Jaguars. The, that's truly head scratching for sure. And the thing is, I think the Bills, um, you know, they were the Bucks and Bills were one and two prior to Monday night's game. I think the, the Bills now they've fallen behind the Cowboys, maybe they're third, fourth in the league in, in point scoring. I think we're gonna see fifth. a lot of points. Fifth now. Yeah. I think we're gonna see a lot of points from the Bills just because their strength is is the passing game. The Bucks' weakness, uh, if you go back to that Colts game just two weeks ago, was you know defending the pass. And you've got a quarterback in Josh Allen who is better than Carson Wentz, same type of quarterback, but just better. And the fact that he can get outside the pocket, we saw Wentz uh, scramble for a 16, 17-yard run on third and 15. Well, guess what? That's what Josh Allen can do. Josh Allen is the second uh, leading re- uh, rusher for the Bills right now. Yeah, um, you look at at Singletary, who's just a pedestrian back, four point six yards per carry, but doesn't get a lot of totes. Four hundred ninety five yards. Allen is right behind him with four hundred and twenty two. He's averaging five point six yards a, a run or a scramble, and that's the thing. The Bills will do some designed quarterback run game, John. That why didn't um, they do any against New England? Side? I don't understand. I was waiting was for so it. So weird to me. It looked like they did on the one play, and I think it was this longest carry of the game but why they didn't go back to it was just stunning to me in that type of situation i i was really kind of uh i felt awful for bills fans because i think brian dable would have used a little bit of imagination and go to like some single some single wing you know quarterback run game stuff like 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 alan could do in college Mm -hmm. uh that's the thing the key i think is is going to be keeping Allen in the pocket. The, the Patriots did a great job of rushing as a unit and keeping Josh Allen in the pocket. Where Allen is is, is dangerous is when he's unpredictable. The, the, when when he gets outside the pocket, he can hurt you with his legs. He can extend plays and keep plays alive. And this Bills passing game, John, is diversified enough. It's not just Stephon Diggs and everybody else. Um, you know, you you look across the board. And Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. is second on the team in receiving yards. He's getting up there there in age, but he's averaging 15 yards a catch. He's got four touchdowns. Cole Beasley, you know, he's slowing down. He's he's never really been that slot receiver that say you know like a Julian Edelman was. He has right. never been at that level, mm-hmm. but he's got 63 catches. He is the 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 safety blanket if you want for Josh right. Allen. 
Dawson Knox has been their red zone guy, the tight end, seven mm-hmm. catches uh, this year, mostly in the red zone, have ended up in as, as touchdowns. So there's a lot of, of different weapons that they have, and I think that's that's their strength. They were not this, able to yeah. show that strength with 30, 40, 50-mile-per-hour wins against the Patriots. If that had been a regular night, 15-mile-per-hour breeze, 20-miles-per-hour, whatever, but not 40, you would have seen a much different game. I'm not saying the Patriots, you know, would not have won, but uh, it just would have been different. a different game yeah. for sure. Yeah, this is the weird. This is where it gets weird to me. The Bills' defense has been pretty much consistently awesome all year. You know, you yep. do throw that Colts game out there for consideration, but again, I just don't think that's replicable for the Bucks. So you know, it's hard for me to take a lot away from it. But what's crazy? I'm going to look up this stat actually while I'm talking, but. They're what opposing in the the Bills have lost five games now. Yeah. The numbers by opposing quarterbacks in those five games are astronomically bad, Scott. Yeah. Like laughably bad numbers by opposing quarterbacks in five losses. That is bizarre to me. Trevor the Lawrence. Reason for that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The reason for that, Scott, is because the Bills offense has just been all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's so bizarre consistent. to me. Yeah. It's it doesn't make any sense to me on multiple levels because this unit has been consistent. It's been consistent under Brian Dable. It's been right. consistent. Josh Allen has consistently kind of grown and elevated his game. At times this season, he's looked like he did last season. Yep. At times, he's looked like he did his rookie season. And right. there, I have no clue what the variables are to like determining which version of him comes out. Even drive to drive, it can look totally different. I mean, that's there were, true. I remember week one against the Steelers, he missed straight up missed touchdowns just yep. for no reason, just a wide open. And then there were other drives where he was making unreal throws. So he has not found the consistency that he kind of enjoyed last year, um, which is pretty stunning. But uh, he's still so talented with his legs, and he's so hard to sack. Right. And that, that to me, makes his floor higher than what you might think for a quarterback that's that's yeah. inconsistent with accuracy and decision-making. You might and think John, that I could have a five-pick game. But he gets out of a lot yeah. of situations. And, John, given the fact that the Buccaneers have applied a ton of pressure and should have more than the 32 sacks that they have, because I was on the phone talking with Joe Tryon Shoinka today. I did an interview with him for my SRS Fab Five. He's missed three sacks this year. Right, He's got three. He's missed three. Shaq Barrett has missed some. JPP has missed some, right? I mean, there's this Bucks team can rush the passer, but they're not 100% when it comes to getting those kill shots, right? We saw, um, was it uh, was it Matt Ryan? Was it last week or was it uh, Carson Wentz? I think it was Carson Wentz, right? Where, where Jason Pierre-Paul finally tackled him for like a one or two yard gain. But Shaq missed him. Sue missed him, right? These are, these are well, point Ryan, same thing. Shots. Ryan got away from yes. Devin White and got the ball yeah. off. He got away from Joe Chinchenko and got the ball yes. off. So, these yeah, are point-blank <laughs> kill shots on quarterbacks that the Bucks are missing. And, and we're talking about Matt Ryan, John, who's right. not anywhere close to being the, the mobile scrambler that Josh Allen can be. Yeah, it's a tough matchup for the Bills. If the Bucks, or for the Bucks, if the Bills are playing to their potential, right? I, yeah. I said this, the Colts – to me, were not a tough matchup on paper for the Bucks right. defense. Now, Bucks still screwed up a ton of third and longs. They obviously, you know, th- they got totally gashed through the air in, in a way that I didn't necessarily even see the Colts being able to do. Not that I didn't see the Bucks being able to give it up. Yeah. I didn't know that the Colts would be able to take advantage, and they did. That you know, played a lot better through the air than I thought. That's one example of one where I thought on paper I was like, this actually isn't a bad matchup for the Bucks. Um, but this game is kind of the opposite. The Bills don't like to run the football. I think they run right. near the bottom of the ran rates are near the bottom of the league. And they like to throw a ton. 
So I blitzes think, are going to be yep. huge in this. I game. think this like, is going to be a carbon copy of the Colts Bucks game. I really, oh, really? Do. okay. Yeah. So you think I do. The, do you think the the whether the Bills basically story being maybe whether the Bill whether the Bucks can create turnovers and get sacks will be the key yes. to whether they can be do anything. I, I agree. I think you're going to see a lot of four wide receiver sets in this game, and what they're going to try to do is say, okay, you don't have Jordan Whitehead, you don't have Mike Edwards. So you've got Carlton Davis, who's back in you know week two, essentially from from his injury. You've got an up and down Sean Murphy Bunting. We'll see about Jamel Dean, but you know Ross Cockrell, Andrew Adams. You know uh, here right. we come, and, right. and I, I I think that is the smart play by Brian Dable. Is he's going to sit there and say, "What do we do best? We win with Josh Allen, either with his arm or his legs." So we put the game in his hands, and and we have all these pent up frustrated wide receivers mm -hmm. that couldn't do crap last week yeah. because of the weather. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, too, I think the X factor might be this guy, Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel. I really mm -hmm. do. Gabriel Davis, he's coming home, right? He he went to, to UCF, mm -hmm. and uh, it, he was, as a rookie, he had a fantastic rookie season, almost 600 yards, averaged 17.1 yards per catch, seven touchdowns. He was their deep vertical threat. This year, he's got a little bit less opportunities, only 19 catches, mm -hmm. 342 yards. But he's got three touchdowns. He's averaging 18.0 yards per catch. I really think Davis could be a guy in one-on-one -on -one situations that, that Josh Allen looks for to stretch the field vertically. Yep, uh, agree with you. He could be a factor in that situation just in general. The Bills being four deep at wide receiver presents some challenges. Here's a good question I want to make sure we come back to yep. and appreciate the $5 Super Chat here, Abundance Magnet. But with secondary being healthier, who do you guys see Bowles putting on digs? Let Davis travel with him. This is something they did a lot last season with Carlton Davis and probably would have done a lot more this season if they had had Carlton Davis healthier uh, for, for some of these matchups. But yeah. Um, I do think Carlton Davis will travel with Stephon Diggs a little bit more. How sense, much yeah. the Bills will move him around remains to be seen a little bit. But matchup-wise, this is an interesting one again. Uh, will the Bucks go back? Again, kind of the opposite of the Trey White thing, right? The Bills lost Trey right. White. Now will their coverage shells look the same or different? Will they run as much man coverage as they did before, or will they get away from it and do something different? Uh, will they right. be unpredictable in that way? The Bucks have obviously run a lot of zone coverage. They did last year too, but they opted for more man coverage as Carlton Davis developed and as Jamel right. Dean has a proclivity toward it. Now with Dean, if he's back from the concussion protocol, which you hope the Bucks seemed optimistic that he would be, right. if he is and Carlton Davis out there, now those are your top two corners now, and Sean Murphy Bunting comes in and the nickel packages – those guys are both better man coverage guys. So will you run more man coverage in response to that? And if you do, then how do the matchups work for you? Um, I think that's something that the Bucs are going to get into in this game. But I do think right. you'll see Carl Davis with Stephon Diggs a lot. The problem is even if you take away Diggs, who has not had as good a season this year as he had year before, you're, you're still dealing with a, a lot of weapons. You know, Other right. guys like the linebackers are going to have to be able to cover in this one too. Dable will attack those areas yeah. of the field as well. So, and, and, and John, let's, let's not forget, I mean, Devin White is not 100%, right? I mean, uh, you know, you saw some some clips. We were looking at some clips about mm -hmm. Devin White, and that hip injury is it's significant. It's it, it's He can still run pretty fast, but it's, it's the change of directions, the fluidity that when mm -hmm. he puts stress on those hips – He's he's not close to 100% right now, and and that that could be an issue, and which kind of brings me back a little bit, you know, to um, uh, to Dawson Knox because mm -hmm. 
the the Bucks have done, I think, a reasonable job right against tight ends this year. Like I'm trying to think, has there been a tight end that's really hurt the Bucks? Right? I mean, even they, I think they even did a credible job on Kelsey in the Super Bowl, right, with Levante David. But Jordan Whitehead is usually relied upon as a little bit of an eraser and cover it, so you don't have him. You don't have Mike Edwards to match up uh, in the slot as as kind of a uh, you know a, a a bigger nickel in there. Is it going to be Sean Murphy Bunting? Uh, Andrew Adams, Ross Cockrell, right? I, I think that 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 all of a sudden, with with Dawson Knox being a, a pretty viable target for Josh Allen, he's got 33 catches, 429 yards. He's averaging 13 yards a catch. He's got a long of 53, and again, there's seven touchdowns, which is tied with Stephon Diggs for the lead. John on the Bills. Uh, this is a big time weapon that not having. You know, two viable safeties and Whitehead and Edwards could open the door for the Bills to have some success targeting Knox. Yep, absolutely could. Um, Bills offense, you know, I would have thought actually going into it again, like so many things about the Bills. How, how, why are they have five losses? Why is their offense not ranked a little bit higher? It's ranked high in most categories. You know, they're in that like fifth to ninth range in a lot of categories, not the one to four range that you'd expect them to be ranked more right. closer where the Bucks are in almost every category. And, you know, I think. Part of it is, uh, part of it is that you know they have not had quite as many splash plays as you'd think that they would. I mean, they're tenth in, in twenty plus yard pass plays yeah. this season, which is good. The Bucks, for example, they were second and, and have eleven more of twenty plus yard pass plays. So, you know, they haven't had quite as much success down the field as they've had in the past. A lot of that, honestly, has been Allen's accuracy down the field, which right. was not good in his rookie year or his second season, but got a lot better in his third season, and now seems to have some regression to it at least. And, you know, but he's still so capable of hitting all those tough yes. throws. You never know when it's coming. You just True. never do. So the other aspect of it that's interesting with the Bills offense is they're just terrible after the catch. 28th yep. in the NFL on Yak. They have not created a lot of run after catch opportunities for guys in their offense. It's not really how they're built. They're right. a drop back offense. They are throw the ball down the field offense. Because of that, they'll give you opportunities for sacks. Allen has not been sacked a lot this season. They're actually fourth in the NFL. They've only allowed 19 sacks, so they're yeah. only four sacks off the Bucks. But a lot of that is Allen running around buying time. I mean, his his process of being not sacked very much and Brady's process of being not sacked very much look totally different. So <laughs> yes. containing Josh Allen and not getting out of your gaps and being greedy. And I am looking at you, Devin White. My gosh, am I looking at you, buddy? The amount of times I watch tape and just see him just go for it when he should be waiting and waiting when he should be going for it. You know, that kind of stuff yeah. is critical in this game. He may even spy some, I don't know, but taking those angles, breaking down, finishing, not allowing guys to get around him and outside of him, you know, all that is going to be critical for Devin white in this game, especially with yeah. how the bucks tend to use him against mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Now I, I think this is a game where really it's going to be up to the athletic edges. And uh, as much as I like seeing Joe Tryon showing a rush inside, I think that that's been successful. Um, if they're going to do that for this game, John, in the, in some, some obvious pass rushing situations, mm -hmm. I'm putting Cam Gill on one side and Shaq Barrett on the other. And I'm, I'm yeah. saying those are my ends. JPP is not playing. Anthony Nelson is not playing. I'm going with Either Indomica Sue and Vita Vea. Wow. One of those one of those guys inside next to JTS. I'm putting a, a jet package out there. I'm I'm well, going yeah. Gill, Barrett in inside JTS and either sat uh, either Sue or Vea, one of those guys to help push the pocket. Yeah. Because I want speed in the field to be able to track down, run down, hunt, mm -hmm. and and sack Josh Allen. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the key to the game. The key to the game to me is how much the Bills, the Bucks are like, we don't care, run the football on us. Because yep. the Bills run it fine. <laughs> I mean, they're 12th in the NFL in rushing yards per game. They run it fine. They're a good rushing football team. Yep. They just don't do it very often. Dable doesn't want to do it. And if you're able to do anything on offense, if you're the Bucks, the Dable's going to want to respond and be aggressive too. And the Bucks need to just say, we dare you to run the ball, very similar to how they did exactly. with Holmes in the Super Bowl last year. Yep. Just go for it if you want to run the football on us. But we yep. are going to stop this passing game, and we are going to get after your quarterback. And that, to me, requires JTS being on the field a lot. You know, as an eagle rusher, as an inside rusher, yep. they need to use him. Right now, the Bills, totally agree. if they have an issue, it's their, their protection at times has been an issue this season offensively, yep. and it's gotten them, them into some trouble. They can be had up front. And that's where the Bucs need to win. Whether they've the Bucs quietly are fourth in the NFL in sacks, Scott, but it's off a couple of five sack games. It can come and go right. for this group. The pressure right. rates have not been great this season. They've been okay, but they're not. It's great. feast or famine so with this Bucks you know, pass rush. And it, it, needs it, to, it needs to be a feast yeah. game. And unless the Bills do an illegal trade for Jalen Mayfield, which is not going to happen, I don't see Vita Vey or Indomica Sue, you know, being those those types of forces unless they just anchor. Uh, in in their pass rush lanes and and have the outside linebackers come in and force Allen to step up and they they get one of those you know grab sacks where you know they're they're locked on their guy they just stick an arm out and and drag him down that could happen but this is really going to be a game that I think JTS Shaq Cam Gill really have to use their speed and I, I want to see more Cam Gill I thought you did a good job with that. In your Bucks briefing, John, he's he's been an impactful player mm-hmm. when he's been on the field. Only has one and a half sacks, but uh, guess what? That's he's right behind <laughs> Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, and I'm not bragging uh, JPP, but if you're going to go out there and play hurt and be ineffective, you're open to criticism. And I think that sometimes J, JPP has hurt this team more than he's helped the team by being on the field. And uh, I like what what Sue has done as a pass rusher. I want to see more from Vita Vea as a finisher. But uh, that that sack by Cam Gill, when I talked with with Joe Tron Shoinka today, mm-hmm. he just raved about that. He said, "Listen, that was a that was a speed to power sack, right? He got off the ball and drove Matthews right back into Ryan. That was a collapse the pocket sack." He said, "Shaq Barrett uh, is doing that," and, and JTS said, "The one thing I've got to do to become a better pass rusher is is use more of my power because mm-hmm. I've got I'm, I'm strong enough to do it." But not be as athletic. The athletics, the athleticism is there, mm-hmm. but use more speed to power. And and uh, he says that the rushing inside has taught him that mm-hmm. because you got to do that against the center guard double team. So I asked uh, JTS today. I said, uh, it, "Do you feel the rushing inside is stunting your growth as an edge rusher?" He said, "No, it's actually teaching me. I've got to use more speed to power mm-hmm. because if I can do that inside against the center and guard." I certainly could do it in a one-on-one against a tackle. Right. Yep. No, I think that's great stuff. I agree. Speaking of the ability to win one-on-one, or maybe it's even go. more that's than a that. Segue, John. Maybe some I love pick it. twos or some pick threes. Let's talk about underdog fantasy because right now with their player prop bets, you can win up to 20 times your amount of money that you bet when you do a pick five with players uh, stat line. So over under. You know, Tom Brady throws for 360 yards this week or whatever the over-unders are, probably be a little lower than that. Um, you can bet over-under on that and you could potentially win more money. And here's the thing. When you deposit for the first time with Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. You double your first deposit when you put that in, up to $100. So they're going to match that, whatever you put in. So 
P-E-W-T-E-R is the promo code. You sign up. Unbelievable interface. This thing is so easy to use. I, I just used it again last night. I love Underdog Fantasy. Uh, allows you to do a ton of different things too. You can enter tournaments. You can do best ball leagues. We've got. I've got. I'm in three of them. From uh, how's your how's your best ball league going from the Underdog Fantasy Peter Peter Report League? Do you know Scott? Have you checked recently? Fair. Fair. Okay. Fair. All right. I had Pat Mahomes as my quarterback in my I had, one of my. I had Tom Brady in both of mine, and he's okay. helped out. My other quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, so the quarterback position right. is not letting me down. And it's I know just, there's some fans in the chat right now that are in yeah. some of those underdog fantasy Peter Report leagues. So let us know if you're taking money from Scott or I right now, obviously. But um, we've got a couple more weeks in those. Those have been a ton of fun to do. So anyway, the underdog fantasy, there's tons to do. Use that promo code Peter, P-E-W-T-R. We had a ton of signups last month. We had a ton of people jump into it. We've gotten great feedback from people saying this site is awesome. The interface is, awesome. is great. It's easy to use. It's the clean. mobile app. app is awesome. Yeah, the mobile app is incredible. So anyway, jump in there, sign up, double your first deposit, spend some money, have some fun. It's ma- it's fun, man. It makes these sports games a little fun to have a couple, even if it's it just is. a couple bucks you're putting out, you know, <laughs> add to the fun with underdog fantasy as for sure the way to go. Here's that stat, Scott, that I wanted to pull for you. Okay. Let's hear the it. Bills have five losses this season and these yep. are the opposing quarterback passing numbers. This is like okay. an all timer to me. All right. Van Roethlisberger, 18 of 32 for 188 yards, one touchdown. Zero interceptions. Wow. Ryan Tannehill, 18 of 29, 216 yards, zero touchdowns, and a pick. Trevor okay. Lawrence, 15 of 26, 118 yards. <laughs> 118 <laughs> yards in the year yeah. of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> zero touchdowns, zero picks. Carson Wentz, 11 of 20, 106 yards. Wow. This is absurd. A touchdown yeah. and zero interceptions. And Mac Jones, two for three for 19 yards, no touchdowns, <laughs> no picks. That is yeah. unbelievable to lose five games in which the opposing quarterbacks did basically nothing against you. Yep. It's just extremely rare. Obviously, in three of those games, the running game was working. Right. But still, it was more the Bucks, the Bills' offense yes. just kind of struggling to find their way in those games and put up enough points. Here's my thing, guys. We get to the prediction portion. I look at this Bills team. This is part This is part of my process. People know this. They listen to this pod all the time. Sometimes they love it. Sometimes they hate it about me. And I say, like, what's sustainable about this? How did they lose to the Steelers? Well, the Steelers blocked a punt. That, that was yep. how they lost in that game. Okay, all right. The Titans. How did they lose to the Titans? They had a fourth and in inches uh, down near the goal line, and they they didn't get the first down. Okay. Yep. All right. They, they. I mean, most of the time on fourth and inches on a quarterback sneak with Josh Allen, you're right, you're probably going to get the, probably yep. gonna get that. So, okay. Uh, they lost to the Jaguars nine to six. I'll never watch that game because that no. sounds horrible. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's embarrassing. Okay. You shouldn't yeah. lose that game, even if it is by a field goal. Shout out Colts to Joe Cullen, over. Jaguars defensive coordinator, that's former right. Shout defensive out line coach. Yeah. Colts ran all over him. Patriots weather game. Bills got to the red zone a bunch of times. Couldn't, couldn't yep. get the ball in the red zone. Missed field goals because of the weather that would have yep. won them the game. Okay, all right, all right. So three losses there to me feel pretty fluky. And yep. that's not excusing them. And that doesn't mean that they couldn't melt down too this right. season. You know, that's been the talk in Buffalo right now. I've, I probably have more friends in Buffalo media than anywhere else. So I see it all over my TL on Twitter. Yep. Is this team melting down? Is this like the, the falling apart point? I look at their coaching, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable. They're good coaches. Three of the, three of the yeah. best to do They're it. Really I think good. their quarterback yep. is really good. Yep. I think they have really good players in a lot of key positions. Right. I don't think this team's falling apart. I think that yeah, instead they've hit some bumps in the road and they've lost some games. Football is a game where the margin for error is 
small and sometimes right. you can end up on the wrong side of it in a couple of close games. I think that's happened, you know, flip a coin and this team is two or three wins better, two or three games better in the win column than maybe they've been. And, that, and that doesn't fair. say, yeah. yeah, that isn't to say that yeah. the record isn't what it is and that shouldn't be considered. Right. I just don't see the record as truly a reflection. I think this team could still be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Yeah, They're that talented, but they need to clean some things up for sure. Yeah. Is this the week they do it on the road in Raymond James Stadium <sighs> against the team that's won three in a row, put up 30 against plus? Against a team that's undefeated games. at Raymond James Stadium, averaging 38 points per game. I don't know. Uh, you know what I do see? I see uh, Albert says, hi, tuning in from the Czech Republic in Europe. That's awesome. Listen, we're going to do this. Every Monday, about 4.15 Eastern time, we're going to do roll call. So that was fun. We did it on Monday, had a blast. Gosh, we had people from around the world, around the state of Florida, around the country. So at 4.15, um, for about a minute, we're going to do roll call on our Peter Report post uh, day after podcast. Hopefully it's a Victory Monday podcast. Every Monday, 4.15, be here for roll call. I'll call roll call. John will We'll you know, blab on about some awesome fact or statistic from the game on Sunday, and I'm going to hit that. Blab on. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, and it's it's good blabbing. It's it's informative and entertaining blabbing. It's not a Sounds bad like term, <laughs> but but you're going to talk. I'm going to be putting up everybody's um, uh, places of destination. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that every Monday. And one more thing from Monday. We I was talking about the uh, the flags, like the the victory flags, yeah. the Bucks flags they handed these out i found mine this is this is one of the original ones from 1997 mm-hmm. i think no it's the super bowl year 2002 it was against the 49ers so these are the battle flags they handed these out little wooden dowels here at the stadium they do these for the home playoff games so it's been a minute since tampa Bay's had one 2007 was the last one at home so mm-hmm. hopefully the buccaneers will have a home playoff game they should by beating at least the Bills and or the Saints and getting yeah. the NFC South title. Well, Bruce Aarons has mentioned several times this week already to us how important the crowd's going to be in this game. And so yeah. I'm really interested to see, you know, I think the Cowboys game was awesome, but it was, you know, you were doing the Super Bowl ceremony, all that kind of stuff. And right. It was an opener against the Cowboys. And so that was going to be, that was a well attended again, night game. You know, this is an afternoon game. And, you know, I think that it's against the playoff contender, obviously the Bills, the Bucks haven't really played a high profile home game in a while, right. you know, per, per se, um, you know, the, a lot of their more high profile games have been on the road, the Patriots, the Rams, yeah. the saints, you know, those happened on the road. So um, yeah, this is a big one. I think, you know, even the Colts was on the road. So th- I think this one, yeah. yeah. How, how do the fans come out? How does this game sound at Raymond James stadium? You know, yeah. what kind of home atmosphere is this going to team going to have, especially if they could still push for the one seed. The other thing we haven't talked about Scott is that there's a lot on the line for the bucks. It doesn't mean that it won't be accomplished if it isn't accomplished this week, obviously, but the Saints and the Panthers both play at 1 p.m. And right. so the Bucs play at 425. So the Saints and Panthers, if they both lose or tie, the Bucs can win the NFC South title with a win. So the Saints play the Jets. Um, right. We'll see. I mean, the Saints aren't exactly killing it either. But um, And then the Panthers <laughs> play the Falcons. And so yep. we'll see. Both those games could probably go either way. But if they happen to go against the Panthers and the Saints, the Bucs will be playing for the NFC South title at 425. So – Right. That's just kind of another thing to, to have on the docket for the Bucks. You know, not that it'll be a distraction or anything, could be a motivation. I agree. Them, but that's going to be kind of on the line in this one, too. Yep. Okay. So let's get to our predictions. We certainly appreciate um appreciate that that comment there. Thank you. We try to, to do our best to make you all the most informed and educated and entertained Buck fans out there. So that's awesome. Uh Harbinger, thank you very much for all these super chats that have come in, uh, guys. These are fantastic. 
Do we anticipate the Bills coming out in victory formation, the first pair of downs to set up third and long for easy conversions against the Bucks defense? The Bucks have struggled to get off the field on third and long, that's for sure. I don't know that that would be the, the strategy or not, but uh, – but uh, that that would certainly be a uh, certainly be a uh, that'd be uh, a tactic, all right. A tactic, yes. <laughs> I, I would I would not At recommend this point, that. I'm to tie anything. I would not recommend that. But we appreciate being the on super the chats. being Thank on you. the live in game streams and just being like, here we go, third yeah. and eleven. Oh, uh, right. Here we go. <laughs> you know? All right. So as John as John wait, talks, wait, about, Kenneth. Go I got to address Kenneth okay. here. John sounds like a Bills fanboy. Imagine. Oh my gosh. Should us Bucks just not turn up and give them the game? I'll say this to you guys a million times in here. If you'd like me to get on and say, if you'd like to listen to any of us get on and say that the Bucks are going to go 16 0, 17 0. Get your pom poms out, John. Come on. It's not going to happen on this get the show. Fans it what they want. Happen. It's not going to happen with me, especially. I'm always going to give it to you straight. If I think the other team sucks, I'm going to get on here and say the other team sucks, and there's like no way they can win this game if the Bucks don't beat themselves. How many times yeah. have I said that? This I said that no way they can do it. I said, even yeah. with Washington, I, I left the door open, but I said, unless the Bucks beat themselves, this ain't happening either. Yeah. I said, it's the Colts. I know the Colts are hot. They've won, what, five or six? I said, but right. the Bucks match up great with them. It's just reality. I didn't That's think right. it should be a challenge for the Bucs. It probably shouldn't have been, but here we were. Colts defense. Yeah. Uh, so, John, but, John's going to give his prediction now, and I'm going to put up all your scores. So, we've got some scores rolling in. So, let's go ahead and and uh, and you give us <laughs> the scores for the to put on my Bucks jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those either, man. I'm just – yeah. Just being unbiased here. That's all. I'm just trying to give it to you straight. Um, but okay. Um, but you this got is you. very hard because which version of the Bills show up? It, it matters a lot. Um, you know, they could they could be beat themselves on offense. They have been. They they do get a decent amount of penalties. Um, they do turn the ball over at times. They can get sloppy. Um, Allen can miss throws that are there. Uh, actually, he's missed throws that are there a, a decent amount of time. And good reminder here, Buck9755. If you're in the chat right now, if you're listening to the show, hit that thumbs up as yes. much as you can. Hit that like button. Help us out. Uh, improve our YouTube SEO. And you guys keep helping us bring new people to the table. So we appreciate that a lot. Um, I, I, I picked the Bills before the season to win this game. Um, and I think they're at that desperation point in the season. The Bucks, yeah. you could say it however you want. They're going to win the NFC South and they're going to be one of the top four seeds in the NFC. And they're probably going to be probably going to be a top three seed in the NFC. Um, right. That's what's going to happen with the Bucks this year. You know, this is a big game still, I think, a measuring stick. Here's my biggest my biggest concern going into the game. We just have not seen the Bucks defense play against a top tier offense. There's no sign to me that this team can do this against a top-tier offense. Yeah. Just they haven't the, stopped the them, Cowboys. Right? You look at the Cowboys, the look at the Colts, the Rams, yes. They have those not are the stopped. Teams that, those are the best offenses they've offense. faced this year, right. and they've smoked them. So yep. I, until I see them do something different in those games, I have a hard time picking the Bucks in these matchups because I think you need a defense that can be competent against the top-tier passing attack. We didn't see it against Dallas at all. They got shredded. We didn't right. see it against, and I know they lost SMB, but he was the worst guy out there with, yeah. for most of the game. Um, they got shredded against the Rams. I mean, right. shredded against the Rams. Uh, you know, and so this is a weird matchup because we haven't seen Dable versus Bulls. I don't. They haven't played them yet since since Bulls has been right. in Tampa Bay. So we have not seen these guys match up where we've seen you know the McVay situation and things like that. Yeah. Um, the Payton, Sean Payton situation. Um, so yeah, I'm picking the Bills until that box proves me wrong. I'm what? Yeah. You're picking the Bills? Yeah. What? 
picking the John, Bills. what are you doing? How many times have I picked the Bucks? To, how many times have I picked the Bucks to lose this season? Oh my god, know? dude. Where's this game being played at? Did did Roger Goodell all of a sudden like say, Well, the weather was a little blustery back in Buffalo. We're gonna so we're gonna give you a do-over at home, Bills fans. No, no, John, Look. no. This how game many times, is being how played. Many times have the Bucks and Raymond undefeated? James Stadium. How I mean, many come how on. many times have they gone undefeated at Raymond come James? Come on. How well, they're, they're about to this year. There's a first for everything, John. First time. There's a first for everything. We'll see. Listen, listen. I, I hope I, you're right. I have no room to talk because you are well ahead of me. <laughs> I, I I took a gamble with the Colts. They they proved me right for half. Glad yeah. they proved me wrong at the end. Um, but listen, uh, I I am picking the Buccaneers at home until this team loses at Raymond James Stadium. I'm not picking, picking against them. them. So right. I am picking the Buccaneers. This will be a close one. This will be a Almost a carbon copy of that week one game against the Cowboys. High scoring, uh, maybe the last team with the ball uh, wins the game. I expect this to be a Tom Brady, get him down into field goal range with a, a long throw to Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Suckup, a, do a your thing, winner. and walk-off winner, 38-35. And will they win the South, or will the Saints beat the Jets or the Panthers beat the Falcons? I don't know, man. <laughs> it doesn't Not matter whether, whether the Bucks win the South this week or they win it next week by beating the Saints. That's my other prediction. Yeah, you get two. For I do one think tonight. the Bucks offense will find some answers in this game yeah. as it goes on. But my biggest thing is, oh, everybody, oh, they scored thirty points. They scored thirty points. Well, that's what they need to score to win games when they play good teams. I just don't think you can ask a team to score thirty points. How many teams in the league are averaging thirty <laughs> points a game right now? All right, John. Here, here's here, here's your prop bet right Celsius. here. Last time I said I'd paint myself with a clown face. I'm not gonna pour. I'm not gonna waste Celsius. If you want okay. water? I'll pour. Water. I don't know if I'll be into that. <laughs> ruin my chair here, but um, I'll do something for you if the Bucks if the Bucks win. Obviously. Okay. Uh, I'll paint my face or do something for you for sure. Yeah. But here's my thing though: the Bills, Bucks are the only team in the league averaging 30 points per game. To ask a team to consistently have to score 30 points per game to win is just not. I think it's just asking a lot. So yeah, Todd Bowles, the Bucks defense proved me wrong. That's what the that's what the Bucks did. They they scored thirty points per game in every you think game score after 30 the bye week in this game. Yes, the, the against the Bucks. Bills. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I do. They're because they're going to have to. They're going to have to. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't I, think I they're do. going to score thirty. I think it's going to be. I think the Bills are going to win twenty six to twenty six to. 21 something like that i think is what it's gonna be yeah, i i think it's i think it's gonna be 38 35 i, I think you're gonna see oh, a wow. defensive score oh, wow. for, the, for the bucks yeah i do 38 okay. 35 this is gonna be it's gonna be like a week one shootout man where it was 31 29 yeah. i see some takeaways in this game by both teams and uh i i think that's gonna be the the score well, Okay, so for everybody who's always like, John, you pick the Bucks to lose all the time because that's all they remember is this. John's only been wrong once this year. Well, how many times have I even picked them to lose this year? Just twice. Twice, yeah. The Saints and the Rams. Right. Sorry, they did lose both those times. I guess maybe that's my mistake. But But I didn't pick them to lose against Washington. And I've only picked them, what? How many games have I covered the Bills or the Bucks now? 30, what is it? How many games have I 12 this season? 20 last year, kind yeah. of playoffs. 32 games. Right. I picked them to lose four times, right? Yeah. No, five. I picked the Chiefs Pink. and the Rams last year. Yeah. And the Saints in week one. Yeah. 
you're always right. So you're going to be right again. And yeah. Buck fans are going to be pissed at you on Sunday because <laughs> it's all your fault they lost, John. I didn't pick the I didn't pick so. them to lose to the Bears last year. I didn't pick them to lose to Washington That's true. this year. So yeah. I'm not always to blame. They can lose yeah. even when I pick them. And to you know what? I I'm, I might I might dial my prediction back a little bit because yeah, 38 points against the the Bills. 38 that, points would be wild. That sounds a little. I mean, it's not like it hasn't happened. Other teams no, I know. Scored, I, I might say 34, 31. That, Both that 41 up. More reasonable. Yeah, 30, 30, about 33, 30. I'm going to settle with that. 33, 30. There's my pick. 33, 30 bucks. Colts put 41 points up with 106 passing yards. Yeah. <laughs> just, you could run the algorithm machine a million times, yeah. and I just don't know if you can. And, and listen, listen, if, if for some reason it gets a little shaky in the game, right, um, if, if, if it's not looking good at home for the first time this mm-hmm. year, then Bruce Arians might just want to put – this guy in for one play oh because God. they are undefeated when Blaine Gabbert sees the field. So even just put him in for a quarterback sneak play or scramble or just have him in there to take a knee right before the half. Just get Blaine Gabbert in the game, folks. There you go. Blaine Gabbert. All right, there you go. Tomorrow, I'm trying to get somebody that knows about the Bills on this show so we can have some Bills-Bucks discourse. Oh, I'm sure show. that's exactly what, what, what our readers want to hear, John, is more Bills talk from you. <laughs> Not from me, from somebody else. We'll talk about the matchups a little bit maybe, and, and we'll have a good show tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, we'll be back. And then on uh, – and we'll also talk about – we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl a little bit tomorrow too. And, and yeah. now look for the Bucks and what's realistic. What is it? Like how many Bucks should actually make – the Pro Bowl team this year. What's looking around the rest of the league? Like, what's right. a realistic number for the Bucks? What's a realistic number look like this okay. year? I know everybody Pro Bowl the record, the roster. Yeah, but there's a lot of variables Good that go into it, in term, like it. In, including like what's going on around the rest of the league that matters too. So we'll have that conversation tomorrow as well, and then Sunday we've got the full slate of stuff lined up. Oh, we so, do, uh, don't people, we? Sunday, yes. It's we're going to be at three thirty. We're going to be have a pewter game day, pewter pregame show. Uh, and so we're excited about that. Uh, yep. We're going to have pewter pregame breaking everything down, preparing you for this matchup, talking about the X's and O's and the player matchups and all of that stuff. The injuries, of course, as well. Um, and any updates that exist there. And then at, 425 when the game starts we're going to have the live in-game stream going with myself and paul atwell and we're going to go through this game we're going to do play-by-play we'll offer in-game analysis and um, player breakdowns all that kind of stuff while the game is happening we'll talk about what we're seeing happen schematically uh, and with certain players and the matchups and all those kind of things as well so make sure you jump in there with us 425 y'all been awesome on those shows lately it's been a ton of fun so we appreciate the heck out of y'all Jump in there, join us for those shows. I'll have a lot of fun with it. And then we'll have the Peter post game show later That's in right. the evening after the game. Uh, we'll do the player pressers and get our post game content up. And then we'll have the, the post game uh, podcast popping as well yeah. later in the night. So it's going to be a fun day of Bucks content. And hopefully we'll have everybody in here just calling for your head after the Buccaneers hopefully, win. Man. Right? I was praying for it during the Saints yeah. game. And we, I was like, please, God, I want to be wrong. Because especially yeah. the Saints. Like, I welcomed it when the Bucks oh. came back to beat the Colts. That was fun. I yeah, exactly. You got to. But hey, nobody yeah. calls for your head, Scott. You've been here too long. They well, just come you know, after the the they, relatively semi new guy. They pity the old man. That's what it That's is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody. Everybody's there. Look, he's as wet. He's waiting. I will be there, John. <laughs> That's he's great. ready. I love it. He's going to be there with the Celsius can to hey, virtually. Thank you all for those amazing super chats and great yeah. comments. Be sure to also tune in for hopefully what's a victory Monday at four fifteen. We're going to do roll call, which is fun. What's where you get to say where you're from, and I'll post them. While John blabs away for a minute about some interesting, fun, cool stuff from Sunday's game. Sounds great. Appreciate y'all jumping in here. Thank y'all so much. We'll catch you tomorrow on another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.